At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! Touchdown! Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. I think it's just all of us have to play better, and that's a. Uh, that's uh, what, what the whole year has been like so far. And, you know, we got two games to see if we can go win a game. And now, along with Eugene Robinson, here's Jim Zoki with Panther Talk. Live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. A lot of Panther news to cover tonight. Jim and Eugene with you. Coming up, we'll have a Kristen Balboni. You'll hear the earlier press conference from David Tepper. Will Brinson from CBS Sports joining us as well. But off the top, as always, head coach Matt Rule on a day where uh, the uh, general manager, Marty Herney, and the Panthers organization part ways for a second time. A total of uh, 15 seasons that Marty was GM here, 19 seasons with the organization overall. And uh, Coach Rule, as you join us now, it it sure seems like you and Marty obviously had a good working relationship. This is the business side of things that happen sometimes, and we've all seen it uh, come and go. And for Marty, again, a second time here. But uh, as you think back about uh, your year, year and a half or so working with uh, with Marty, uh, what are some of the things you take from that time? I mean, he's first class. I mean, he's an outstanding person. All he wanted to do was win. Um, I think he left us with a great nucleus of young talent. You look at the guys he's drafted. You know, Brian Burns, Derek Brown, DJ Moore, you know, many, many more. I mean, um, you know, I, I really appreciate all that he's done professionally and then personally. You know, he's taken gone out of his way to help me, um, you know, adjust to life in the NFL from the personnel side and um, uh, just very grateful. And, and, Coach, most people don't know what's the inner workings and what goes on behind the scenes other than if they've seen the movie like Draft Day and they, they see kind of like the war room. So um, I put this question to you. How closely does the head coach – in the GM, how closely do they work during those type of times, or even during the season as you're going on? I mean, I meet with, I, I met with uh, Marty, Pat Stewart, you know, um, every day, first thing in the morning, and then again in the afternoon. I mean, especially in a crazy year like this with uh, with COVID, and you know, uh, who's up, who's sick. I mean, there, there's so many decisions and so many opportunities to get better, uh, to to improve the roster, and and uh, you're constantly working. Um, day in and day out. And that's, if you want to win, that's how it has to be. It has to be unbelievably collaborative. And, and Coach, does the, the and, and I'm thinking just going ahead, does does college recruiting now, and as you look at that, as we kind of fast forward, does that change the landscape, of, not only because of COVID, but also because of the absence of a GM and waiting for an interim GM? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this year is going to be a, a, a unique year uh, because of COVID and all the things that happened. But, you know, we have, we have great people in the organization, you know, um, our, our college scouts, Jeff Morrow, um, you know, they, uh, they've done this for a long time for the Carolina Panthers and, and uh, um, we know that they'll, uh, they'll, they'll continue to do a great job. 
Right, last thing, and then we'll move on to the games and uh, the players and uh, what's coming up. Uh, uh, Dave Tepper said, and we'll hear from him later, that, uh, of course, the, the coach would have involvement uh, in terms of you know what the next GM thing looks like. And you're busy coaching football games over these next couple of weeks, but as you get a little bit more time, you know, how do you see your input or your role to, uh, as far as your knowledge of it, uh, what that'll be as far as the search and finding that next general manager? You know, um, it's also it's also new right now, you know, and I'm, again, I'm, as you know, I'm trying to get ready for uh, – right for um for washington so i i just think it's one of those deals where um you know i'm gonna wait till after the season and, and wait till or wait till you know whatever time this process starts you know via you know mr tepper whatever my involvement's asked to do I'll, I'll do it to the best of my ability and coach as you said as you're getting ready for washington what did you learn about your team as this past game going against the uh, green bay packers and that aaron Rodgers, who you guys i thought shut down in the second half well, you know, um, I, I, obviously, you know, I, I don't think anyone can question our, our resolve, our toughness, our fight. I thought the guys uh, brought all those things to the table, um, you know, uh, was proud of the effort, had a chance at the end to win it, you know, or, or tie it up. So, um, you know, early on, it looked it didn't look like it was going to go our way very well. And they battled back. And so for that, I was really, really proud. You know, I think there's things we're doing better. We're doing better on third down on defense. We're, we're um, you know, getting off the field. We're getting to the quarterback to get to him five times. Um you know, that no one else has done that this year. So things are, some things are improving. We just have to put it all together. And, and uh, we weren't able to do that on Saturday night. Um, so hopefully we can, hopefully we can do that this week. Had uh, three straight touchdown drives by Green Bay. Then as you allude to five straight punts from Green Bay after that, and you mentioned some things that went into it, like sacks and getting pressure schematically, did, were there changes made adjustments made in that second quarter into the third quarter that you guys changed up? Or was it just a matter of executing what you were doing better? Well, I think Phil, you know, and, and again, I think, you know, we stopped in the last two drives of the, uh, of, of the first half. I thought, I thought, I thought two things happened. I thought uh, Phil, um, as he's done all year, adjusted to what they were doing. They had a different plan than anything we had seen. And then um, B, you know, they came out and ran the ball. And I think our guys kind of, I think, you know, all week we were prepared for the passing game and, you know, knew they would run it, but we really, you know, thought pass, 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 and, and had to adjust to it. It was a run first game. You know, they were, they were trying to pound the football, play action off of it. And I think once we kind of settled down into, hey, this is what they're trying to do, you know, we started to then match the physical intensity, which we hadn't done early. So I thought it was guys kind of just settling down and playing good old-fashioned football. And I thought Phil did a good job of putting the guys in position to make plays. Coach, you've been saying all year long that Brown has been doing well. And this time we see almost like a, a breakout game, if you will. Can you just take us through what have the things you've seen uh, – with Young Brown up up there in that defensive front of with a three or one technique and and how that kind of really you know came to maturity in this Green Bay game. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he's been playing the run at a really uh, a really good level for a while. And you know what? He's gotten to the quarterback the last couple of weeks and and has hit him, and the guy's thrown the ball away. I mean, he's gotten so close. And um, you know, I've been encouraged him saying, you know, you're getting pressure. <laughs> That's what we want. So uh, continue to get the pressure. I think the thing that you saw him do is you saw him um, finally get, you know, finally get the sack, finally, finally, you know, get the quarterback and take him down. I'm sure that's great for his confidence, but you know, he's been working on his movement. He's been working on his, you know, pass rush and all those things. And um, you know, that's the message we want our guys to get is that if you work at it long enough, eventually it, it works out. And, um, and he uh, he's worked at it and he got the results. You guys, uh, you run a deep roster anyways uh, in any situation of any game. But Miles Hartsfield looked like he made some big plays for you. And uh, off and on, he's been a contributor in special teams and so forth. But what were some of the things that he did well in this game? 
Well, I mean, he he went out there and covered. I mean, he, you know, they, he got he he was put in tough situations. You know, he got the he got the inside fade and ran with it and uh, knocked the ball away. It was just beautiful, beautiful coverage. Um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's gotten better and better all year long. He's been playing more and more at the nickel position, and uh, he's playing well. He played well. And and coach, we've been seeing like once again this defense. I I thought early in the season that the defense was trending up. And it seems like to be continued to to trend up. Can you just talk about the overall components of not only the defensive line, but how they're kind of working more so in concert and the enthusiasm and how fast they look on the field? They're a fast looking yeah, group. Mean, uh, yeah, and they've and they've they've, you know, I've liked their effort uh, a lot of games. I thought, you know, um, I mean, I, there's not a game where I've been disappointed in the efforts. There's been some times where we've, you know, uh, let, let some plays go, and we've just been working on the execution, but. You know, I thought, especially in the second half, they, they had fun together. They flew around and played played hard together. I mean, they, uh, you know, I just kept telling them, like, don't pay attention to the score, just play. Mm. And you know what? They could play this right back into the game. And so, um, you know, they 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 have a great mix. And there's a lot of young players out there. I mean, I look out there at one point, and there's, you know, the the defensive front is is the three rookies and a second year player. I looked out there in the secondary, you know, and and it's uh it's uh, two. It's a rookie and a, a second-year player. I mean, a third-year player too. So, I mean, we 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 are young, and uh, but I think the what great thing is we have some veterans that are that are leading the way, that are playing really good football right now. In Trey Boston, Justin Burris, uh, Shaq Thompson, and so those guys are, are I think are are leading the charge, and the young guys are following up, and, and they're just getting better and better and better. They're learning more and more and more how things work together. Um, you know, no, no preseason, no offseason, no OTAs, not even a walkthrough. Um, it, it takes a while to learn some of these things and uh, uh, they're picking it up and hopefully we can take another step, you know, this week and the week after. And coach, you've already answered my next question, which was where is the leadership coming from? Because that's so important with a young team and you can see these guys flying around. So you mentioned some of the guys already. Could you elucidate a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think, you know, it was hard for the veterans early because, you know, we're all so new and they're, they're trying to figure it out. But I think, like I said, I think, I think, Trey, I think Justin Burris, I think Shaq. I mean, those guys are doing a great job leading on the field. I think, you know, Brian Burns is a second year player and he's done a great job of leading. Um, you know, he was out, he, he was out there the entire game and it wasn't what it should had to, what should have been early on in the game. And, you know, um, I got after the defense and they, 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 they took it. They, they there was no mm. pushback. I mean, they, they, they're starting to set a standard for themselves of how they want to play. And uh, it's, it's coming, it's coming slowly, but it's coming. And so um, I, uh, I'm excited to see where they can, you know, where they can end up. I think they're a good group. Offensively, uh, you've covered a couple uh, press conferences post game and, and yesterday about obviously some of the continuing things you'd like to see better, which is you know settling for field goals in the red zone, close game that you didn't get the win. So here's my question or comment: It's uh, Brandon Zilstra gets the ball in his hands, and almost every time a receiver has it, whether the play is open or not, the opportunity to throw is too big, and they have to. But he, to his credit. Did not made a one yard gain out of it. What would that play have looked like if Green Bay hadn't covered it with the Zilstra possible throw? Yeah, we were trying to throw it back. It was man coverage. We we're trying to throw it back to Teddy, um, and uh, you know they well, on the motion they uh, they didn't run with it. So either they were uh, missed assignment by them, or, or you know they the kid just saw it. I mean it was it was a nice play by them and a great job by Zilstra of of you know I was hoping he was going to throw it away. Um, and then he even got a yard. So, you know, it, it's great when you have players that you can trust uh, and take chances with um, because they, they get out there and they, uh, they, um, they, uh, they, they allow you to call those plays because you, you can trust that they're going to make the right decision, you know. 
And coach, uh, I, I was put this question today, and so I'm going to put this question to you. Um, and I know as a competitive football player, you're competitive. You want to be out there no matter what. That's that's always been down. And so when we're looking at Christian McCaffrey, and his his desire to get out there and play, do you hold Christian McCaffrey back, or do you allow him, if he's ready to play, to go ahead and play? And sometimes coaches may supersede. So that was a question I got put to. So I put that question to you. Yeah, I mean, I I, um, I, I, I look at it very simply as, you know, we're, we're, we're football players, we're football coaches. Like, this is what we do. We go play. And, um, um, you know, we want to win. And I think every opportunity the Carolina Panthers have to go out and win, uh, play a game and compete, we should try to win it. And uh, so I, I certainly understand why people would ask that. You know, I understand why people would think that. But. I think for me, you know, um, if we if we coach or play or do anything differently this game than we did the first game, then what does that say about who we are as competitors? You know, what does it say about who we are as as a franchise? So um, if Christian's not 100 percent, I'm certainly not going to put him out there. But I know he wants to play. And, and um, uh, anytime one of our players is healthy and ready to go, I'm going to put him out there. Head coach Matt Rule with us for just another minute or two, and we'll let you go, coach. But as you said, preparations for the Washington football team. And here in the Carolinas, we saw nine years of what a Ron Rivera Panther team looks like on the field as you do your, your film study and preparations. Uh, give us a little bit. Uh, what's a Ron Rivera Washington team look like in terms of some of the things they're doing on the field? Well, I mean, they're playing well. They've got an elite uh, front seven. I mean, they're difficult to they're difficult to block up front. Obviously, Chase Young. They, you know, he was the first overall pick in the draft last year, and he's a he's a special player, or, or second overall pick. Excuse me, he's a special player, and they have many many more like him. I mean, they're fast on defense. They fly around, um, and uh, you know, offensively, they have Alex Smith playing quarterback. Haskins came in the last game, looked really good. You know, McLaurin's a great receiver, so they've got they've got really good players, and um, they're they're playing really well. They're playing, you know, nice uh, 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 complimentary football, and so I uh, I um. Uh, I think that they, they, you know, they look like a really good team. It'll be a really good game. Very good. Head coach Matt Rule. Coach, we always appreciate your time. Thanks so much, as always, for joining us. Thank you, Coach. My pleasure. Thanks, Tom. Coach Rule there. And you can play FanDuel's Gridiron Pick'em for free every week directly from the Panthers app for your chance to win up to $1,000. Visit the Panthers app now. Register for your free account. Get ready for the next game with FanDuel, the official partner of the Carolina Panthers. Coming up, uh, Kristen Balboni and uh, our uh, Panthers reporter, more of the news of the day. Panthers GM Marty Herney parting ways with the Panthers here. The passing of Kevin Green, we'll talk about that as well. The former Panther, uh, great part of that the 96 team where he's the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. And uh, we got a lot more coming up as we continue on Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. This is Panther Talk. Presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I can say close games. I can say injuries. I can say, you know, we didn't have this, you know, main player. I can say no offseason. I can say all those things. But at the end of the day, you are what your record said you are. I'm a 4 and 10 coach. And uh, I know, you know, I won't be a 4 and 10 coach for long. I know our staff won't be a 4 and 10 staff for long. I'm really proud of the constant effort 
and the way that, you know, we say one thing about our staff and our team, they come back every week and there's never been a week where I'm, I'm not proud of our effort. Maybe not proud of our execution at times, but not proud of our effort. Uh, that being said, you know, we're four and 10. Panther Talk presented by Morris Jenkins continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Always enjoy talking football with Coach Matt Rule. Yes. I mean, just good football talk with him. And we're going to continue it now with Kristen Balboni, our Panthers reporter. Broadcast Roundtable is brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. In 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Mick is off tonight. It's Jim. It's Eugene. And Kristen, and your day, like all of ours, Kristen, started early with the news of uh, the departure of Marty Herney as general manager a second time with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, were you surprised by the timing? And what did the, the owner, David Tepper, and, and folks have to say about the timing with two weeks to go in this regular season? Yeah, I think the timing might have been the most surprising part of it. Uh, I think we all were woken up early by <laughs> by the news or you know, right before uh, nine o'clock is is when we all found out on on this Monday. Um, but then you know, when when they made the decision, as you guys well know, to to part ways with with Ron Rivera, it wasn't done necessarily on you know um, a, a bye week or a, at the end of the season. It wasn't done um, on anyone else's timing other than what David Tepper thinks is appropriate. And I, I got the same sense here that. Uh, this felt like the right time for him. It was something that he had been thinking about, and now was the time to do it rather than than let it linger and let both parties start to explore other options quickly. And what was uh, we heard a little bit from Coach Rule, but but what was the nature of the relationship with Coach Rule and Mar- Marty Herney? It seemed like it was a very good one. Yes, um, and I'm sure you spoke with him about this as well, and so did I. But you know, Coach Rule said to me that he just has the utmost respect. It does seem like a very warm relationship. You know, you you think you hear that um, anytime someone is is let go or parts ways that um, you know they have the utmost respect for that person. But to me, guys, it really feels like that is the case between Matt Rule and Marty Herney, and uh, it felt a little bit like a, a mentor-mentee relationship, at least to me. I wonder if you both got that as well in terms of, um, you know, he spoke about it a little bit earlier of what he's learned from Marty and how Marty kind of guided him through the process from from draft all the way through the season and shared with him his knowledge that he's learned over uh, his many years as a general manager. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right about the mentor-mentee because you got Coach Rule comes in as a new coach, has to come from college to into the pros, has to learn the ropes quickly, has to be able to go ahead and deduce things and, and get things running. And so who does he have to rely on? He's going to be relying on, on, on Marty Herney. And we, he already said that he was meeting with Marty Herney every single day. Mm-hmm. So what was that meeting? What do those meetings look like? What do you talk about every single day? What's personal? And probably throughout the day. Uh, through, uh, yeah. Not like well, a we once see it in practice all, yeah. all the time. As you guys know, it's you know they're they were constantly speaking on the practice field, and then you imagine there's also meetings in in an office setting or you know now by Zoom. I would imagine. So I think they were in constant communication. At least that's what I always gathered uh, every time I saw them. No, and I think you're right. And Eugene makes a good comment too. You had largely a collegiate-based coaching staff. You have a relatively new owner in this league who gave Ron Rivera some time and things weren't going the direction that they wanted to, made the move that Kristen talked about with a few games to go last season. Now, fast forward a year, almost the identical same situation. Out of a mutual respect in both cases to let that person, Ron, and now Marty, 
look for other opportunities and let them begin that process, the decision made with Marty's contract coming up in June to move forward. So, Kristen, what were some of the things that were said today about uh, what the shape of the uh, the future looks like in terms of what they're looking for, uh, things that uh, the next GM kind of qualities that they're expecting out of him? Yeah, David Tepper talked a lot about uh, analytics. That's something he's very interested in. And he's spoken a lot about process and how he defines himself as a process-oriented person, uh, businessman, owner. And uh, Matt Rule, of course, as we all know, talks a lot about his process and the way he wants this team to be a process-driven team. I'll stop saying the word process so much, but that is something that they are looking for in terms of the next GM to, to come in, to have a clear vision, to bring some analytics, uh, maybe some new theories, new ideas, I think is something David Tepper is looking for. Um, and I think they really also want to interview candidates. I, I know Mr. Tepper does. Just interview candidates and see what each of them think in terms of uh, what a GM's role should look like in terms of the relationship with the head coach, the relationship with the owner, with the staff that's already in place. And I think, as we know, Mr. Tepper is someone that values new and innovative ideas. So I think he's he's looking for that, maybe a little bit of a surprise me. Show me what you think. Show me how you have established a, a winning culture or been a part of a winning culture. And uh, what do you think? I, I think he's willing to explore all areas and, and see what's out there that's, I don't want to say new and different, but uh, maybe on the cutting edge. And, Kristen, how much do you think that Coach Rule will be involved in this decision-making process? Well, Dave Tepper said that he will be. Um, I don't know to what extent, but, you know, uh, Mr. Tepper talked about the importance of that relationship between a head coach and a GM. And he said that doesn't mean that they always have to agree. And, in fact, I think he would encourage some disagreement where where there are important matters um, in terms of hearing both sides of things and and coming out on the the side with the best decision. But um, I think, Dave, from from what he said – really values that relationship between head coach and GM and really wants it to be one that, you know, Matt Rule is fully on board with. Now, how much of the interview process and uh, how much say he has, I don't know yet, but I, I certainly think that Dave Tepper is looking to make sure that uh, Matt Rule is, is happy with who his new general manager will be. All right, great insight from uh, Kristen Balboni. Kristen, we appreciate you coming back in this way. There is some remaining holiday candy that Eugene has not eaten if you would like to help yourself before you, you go. Oh, absolutely. What did I do? I not take s- the Reese's. That's what I was going to go for. Darn it, Eugene. All right. I'll try to leave you a couple. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Kristen. As I said, there's not much, but there is some. Kristen Balboni. Coming up, uh, we'll let you hear some of what uh, Dave Tepper said uh, from the earlier press conference as Mick has put that together from uh, Mr. David Tepper's uh, Zoom press conference today because that's how we do it in 2020. You'll hear directly from the owner coming up next on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. The retooling of Carolina Panther football took another step today with an announcement by Panthers owner David Tepper. The contract of general manager Marty Herney will not be renewed. There was no now to the decision. It was an ongoing sort of decision and ongoing discussions, you know, about how we were, how we were going to move forward. And... Um, I think it was uh, just at the end of the day, uh, you know, and it wasn't something in a second, just over the last, you know, past week or so, uh, you know, I think uh, in discussion with Marty, we both decided it was mutually best for both sides. Did Coach Rule have an input into the decision? I don't think Matt um, wants control of, of, you know, Matt has control of what he 
he does on a daily basis. I think he wants to have alignment collab and collaboration um, with, you know, with whoever's in that GM seat. Um, and quite frankly, alignment, collaboration, um, and a certain amount of integration with the whole organization up and down should be something we would look for in this position. How much does David Tepper get involved in helping with football decisions? I think generally speaking, as far as tiebreakers, as far as a, uh, a player, that would be something would be really strange to happen. I think I'm more interested in how the process is done and how the you know alignment, collaboration, and as I said, integration is done and just a general process than you know, individual personnel decisions. Those are for those two to make, uh, you know, a collaborative make thing and for me really not to be involved in that much. What qualities will he look for in the new general manager? There has to be an alignment between the coach and the GM. The person has to be a collaborator to a certain sort of, not afraid to make decisions. Collaboration doesn't mean you don't have arguments about who you're picking. You know, that doesn't mean you're not, uh, you know, free-minded, but a decision-maker, somebody who's a good manager. I think those would be kind of bywords. What about the timetable to start vetting some candidates? I think we can start, you know, going out and talking to people who aren't on other teams right now. We have to wait to the end of the season to talk about other folks. Listen, if we can bring somebody in uh, earlier, the better. You know, we'll have provisions if we don't get them, you know, by the draft. So, um, yeah, the earlier the better. And on the other hand, uh, you know, if we don't do it, uh, you know, very soon we'll be ready for the draft no matter what. And some of the reasons that Tepper desired to make a switch? I think Marty's a little bit more traditional and I'm probably a little bit more data-driven and analytical. I think meshing those two things would be good and a little bit of fresh and refresh, you know, a little fresher things in some respects. Not fresher, but... I don't mean fresher like that, like, you know, old, new. I mean, I mean, like, you know, just sometimes you need a change. And, um, you know, and I think that's simple. Up next, a reporter wanted to know, why not part ways with Marty Herney when Tepper changed coaches last year? I think Marty, I was, quite frankly, I think it was good for Matt and good for me to have a, a, another year with Marty. Marty's a great guy, you know, to have as a teacher and a, and a person like that around. You know, you know, it's it's, it's crazy. Sometimes people... People think that you can come in here and, uh, you know, even though I was around football for a while, I wasn't there and know what you're doing. Well, that's, I think sometimes it's not bad to have a good teacher around to teach you some aspects. And at some point you graduate and try to figure if you can do other things away from it, it may be better. And that's kind of where we are. And uh, Marty Herney is a very good evaluator and has a lot of good aspects to him. And people, you know, we, you know, we, me and Matt, I think both uh, learn from Marty a lot. Sometimes the students have to graduate. Finally, does Tepper desire a younger candidate versus a more experienced individual? The question is, is more how the management style and the um, ability to, uh, and I would call it traditional versus old school, okay? Um, I don't like that word, old school, you know? So, um, but if you, if you talk about what type of guy you're gonna bring in, you wanna bring in guys that are, you know, that can understand, and whether they're that that way now or can understand to bring in a team that can help you win in different ways. Okay, so do you have an AGM structure? Maybe it's a new AGM that's that sort of guy or somebody that's even below that that helps do that. But you want to try to mirror, you know, those two methods in your thing. Remember, this is a management job, and this, this person that comes in has to get along. You know, as I said, it's a, you know, has to be aligned in vision. 
but has to collaborate and, and be able to communicate with Matt and me at some point. They're kind of a go, you know, sometimes they're a go-between and there's a whole organization they have to manage. And that's a question of management structure. Does the guy come in, you, you know, that's uh, purely caring about personnel? Or do you have some of the other stuff that's kind of businessy logistics and other things that these guys worry about now? Um, do you have somebody else doing that with, with lines going to the coach or the GM? So, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, you know, thinking about those sort of things to try to make the most efficient um, organization possible. Tepper will take his time and be patient with this key hiring decision in true David Tepper fashion. Stay tuned. Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins, will continue in just a second. This is Panther Talk, presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Jim Zoki, Eugene Robinson with you tonight. Thanks to Kristen Balboni for dropping by. Head coach Matt Rule, you heard from David Tepper there. You know it's a big news day when we bring in the big gun. Will Brinson, CBS Sports now with what's going on here in Carolina. What might be happening in Washington, a look around the league. I know Eugene's got some questions about uh, some teams around the league. And, Will, thanks for joining us on a Monday night. I guess it, it can't come as a big surprise that it happened with Marty's contract not renewed and was set to expire in June. But uh, just your thoughts of what the Panthers are doing at the GM position right now. Yeah, always good to talk to you guys. I would say that, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's not really surprising given what we've heard from David Tepper and sort of given how, uh, the, you know, look, the inherent clash in Marty Herney's philosophy. He's an old school football guy. Um, and David Tepper has really wanted to put his own personal stamp on this organization in Carolina and to, to really lean into analytics. So I'm not, I'm not entirely shocked by it at all. And I think, you know, um, you know it worked out in a way that is, you know, cordial enough. Obviously, you know, you don't, you, you never want to lose your job in, in these situations. And, um, I think you tip your cap to, to what Marty did over, over the course of his two tenures with Carolina. You know, you look at the last three draft classes and however you want to divvy out responsibility, he is the ultimate decision maker there. There's a lot of good players offensively and defensively that Carolina acquired uh, in those three drafts. And he deserves a ton of credit for him. Uh, built the foundation for a team that, that went to the, uh, went, went to a, on a you know, run to the Super Bowl uh, back in the day and, and ultimately did a great job. But look, you know, when you, when you buy a, a franchise, when you buy an NFL franchise for multiple billions of dollars, it is your prerogative if you decide <laughs> that you want to put your guys in place. And that's what David Tepper's done. He wants to align somebody who's uh, analytically driven with, with Matt Rule there. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not going to begrudge him for it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to get good results. And so that's what the Panthers will have to do. I know it's early in this whole process, but are there any candidates out there that maybe fit in that same description when you talk about analytics? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, you can even look at a guy like a, I think a Thomas Dimitrov would be interesting. Um, certainly, you know, old school comes from, you know, in interdivision rivals. So I don't know how that would work out. Um, does come from the old school Belichick, uh, you know, sort of a pool of talent in, in, the, in, the, in the, you know, the coaching tree, if you will, or the GM tree. Um, but but a guy who sort of leaned to that a little bit more um, than than what you've seen, uh, you know, maybe maybe from a, a Marty Herney. Adam Peters is a name that got thrown out um, on on Monday as well. Matt Rule has a, uh, I believe he played for him, or they I think uh, Adam Peters was coaching, and Matt Rule was a a player maybe back at UCLA. Peters has, has come up under um, you know along with Kyle Shanahan and his personnel staff and, and John Lynch and has done a great job, really sharp mind. 
I, I don't think I, I think I think maybe the problem is that we get caught up in this analytics idea and you you start to think, all right, like who is this who's the guy eighty three who's gonna show up and, and, and figure out, you know, do a math problem to figure out <laughs> yes. you know, who the Panthers should draft. And I, I don't think it's it's not quite that. It's just sort of maybe more taking like you just want I think you want somebody who you know, uses models and uses uh, different analytical inputs to help guide the process. And, and I, I just think that's probably not what Marty wanted to do. And, you know, again, he was the GM. It's his prerogative. He doesn't have to change his approach. Um, so I, I think those two names would probably stand out. I would also look uh, maybe anybody coming out of the, the Baltimore Ravens organization. They have done a tremendous job focusing on uh, analytics. And, of course, the Steelers with David Tepper's background would make sense as well. And then there's the uh... – the almost too easy Ron Rivera reunion with uh, Marty Herney in Washington, where there there is a space there. And for Marty, he's worked a long time up in Washington when they were the Redskins there. Do you see that actually playing out? Uh, it certainly could. And, yeah, I think one of the things that's really interesting about what's happened in Washington this year is that because of the way that this season played out with Washington generating a lot of positive press off the field for their you know, the name change, the way that they overhauled the front office and, and really everything about that organization. And then Ron Rivera, you know, being Ron, as everybody in Carolina knows, a leader, a program builder, uh, you know, a culture changer. He's done all those things in Washington and they've won football games. And oh, by the way, he beat cancer in the middle of it. So he's really gotten basically carte blanche to do what he wants in terms of the front office there. And so I think if he believes I, I can I can easily see a scenario where Ron Rivera says, all right, I know I can work with Marty. I know Marty can plop in here seamlessly and we can get on the ground running. There's not going to be a ton of things to figure out you know, how to work with somebody in this power structure role. It'll be an easy fit. And so to me, that would make a lot of sense um, unless Ron has somebody in mind that he wants to elevate that's already on his staff. Uh, I think Marty makes a, a perfect fit in terms of going forward, especially because you know, guys, like we, we know the vaccine's here. We know that things are getting better, but we don't know how this offseason is going to play out, and it could still be difficult. So having familiarity in terms of working with somebody from that front office perspective, I think would benefit the, uh, the Washington football team a ton. So when we look around the league and a, and a coach that hasn't lost many games at all, Bill Belichick, this must be really new for him. I wonder what does the future hold for the Patriots and also for Cam Newton at quarterback? Man, it's tough to say. I think Bill Belichick, you know, it's it's if you're going to have a bad season, this is the season to do it, I guess. You know, the, certainly people are going to point out that, you know, the last two times the Patriots have missed the playoffs uh, did not feature Tom Brady. And that's it's, it's fair, probably a little disingenuous because I, I don't, you know, I don't think you can put it all on Belichick. They lost, they lost so many guys to opt out, so many key defensive players, including Dante Hightower before the season starting a ton of rookies. Cam goes missing in the middle of the season. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that they run it back with Cam. Um, I, I don't know that Cam is going to see, and I know Jim, Jim and I talked about this on Sunday, I don't know that Cam's going to see this crazy, robust market out there because the quarterback position, as we saw this past offseason, is sort of saturated around the league. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good quarterbacks, and there's a lot of young quarterbacks in this draft class coming up. Uh, plenty of guys, Jameis Winston, et cetera, will be free agents as well. So I, I don't think Cam's going to hit the market and be just handed $30 million a year or anything like that. So in, in that sense, with, again, maybe some uncertainty about this offseason, 
he may be more, you know, more willing to go back to New England. New England may be more willing to go back to him. We have to see how dominoes play out in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, you know, in D- Detroit with Matthew Stafford, and in Atlanta with Matt Ryan. Like these, shoot, Philadelphia with Carson Wentz. I don't think he's going anywhere because that salary hit. But I mean, there's a lot of possibilities about movement at the quarterback position. So I think that's very much an unknown. Belichick's going to have a ton of cap space, and he's he's he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't hesitated to use it if he likes targets out there in free agency. We saw him do it with Stephon Gilmore. You know, he went out and traded for Darrell Revis. He's, you know, he's or signed Darrell Revis. You know, he's willing to make a splash if he needs to. So I think he'll be interested in getting, getting obviously, the program back going next year. Wouldn't be surprised if we saw one or two big moves. But I think ultimately he's going to do what Bill Belichick does, which is you know, not shove all in unnecessarily. The can thing in the quarterback position, obviously the biggest wild card. And I think a lot depends on what happens in those other situations. Good stuff. And, yeah, two rounds of quarterbacks coming off the board will fill up a lot of spots in the league as well. Will Brinson from CBS Sports. Will, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you, Will. Hey, hey, anytime, guys. Have a great evening. All right, more to come. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me. Mr. Jenkins told me to always make it easy for the customer. That's you. A live person will always be here to answer the phone. We're here till midnight, seven days a week. So you never have to take off work. And it's the same price as in the daytime. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. We're the ones you want to call. You're going to love these people. I guarantee it. Go to MorrisJenkins.com. This is Panther Talk. Presented by Morris Jenkins on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Again, Chandler to throw. Kevin Green's got him. A sack. The ball came. Yeah. And the Panthers have it. The Panthers have it. Kevin Green forced the fumble. Panther ball at the 37-yard line. Bill Rosinski, and that's the uh, Kevin Green Highlights his best year here of the three, 2016. Left for a year, came back and played, uh, rather went to the Hall of Fame in 2016. Played here in 96, 98 and 99, came back, went to the Hall of Fame in 2016. Five-time Pro Bowl player. Kevin Green has passed away at the age of 58. This is news that came out this afternoon. 160 career sacks, number three on the all-time list. Wow. Started out with the, the Rams, the Steelers, Panthers, Niners for a year, came back to the Panthers, has again wrapped up his career in 98 and 99, just a year before you arrived here to play in 2000. Started Auburn before that, did some big-time wrestling on top of that. Bigger-than-life character, Eugene, the passing of Kevin Green, the Hall of Famer. What are your remembrances of playing against a guy like that? Well, we, we came in at the same time in 1985. I mean, he was Los Angeles Rams, and then I was a free agent down in, uh, in Seattle. And what you knew about Kevin Green is that off the edge, he's like the edge rusher where you got the coming out of that era with um, with uh, Lawrence Taylor. You got a Cornelius Bennett. You got guys who would edge rush and would put so much pressure on the quarterback. That's Kevin Green. Mm-hmm. Kevin Green, you, you don't get 160 sacks because you, <laughs> uh, you've fallen and the quarterback just fallen to your lap. You got to get those sacks. That means you are adept at beating left tackles relentlessly, beating the right tackle relentlessly, doing all the twists. So all the things that – we see today Brian Burns doing or we see today with all these other guys doing what Kevin Green was a master at that. No doubt about that. And I remember when I was playing with Green Bay 
and this was in the championship game in 1996. I can remember Kevin Green on the sideline with no sleeves on. It was cold out there, no sleeves on, and looking and bouncing up. I was like, man, I'm glad I got to block that dude. (laughs) (laughs) I am glad I don't have to block him because that dude means business. Brett Favre, get ready because this dude, he's coming off the edge, and he means business. And you knew that he's just that that type of player. Uh, And so it's it's sad to hear the news of his passing. There's no doubt condolences to to his family. Um, and the fact that we're the same age, roughly, mm-hmm. you know, coming in the same year, so it kind of gives you pause that you know life is very, very short. So yeah. hug your loved ones and 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 things like this are, are really important, and people are important. That's great words and great memories of Kevin Green, who passed away at the age of fifty-eight years old. And I remember Salt and Pepper, Lamar Lathan here, the yeah. ninety-six season when the Panthers in their second year got to Green Bay and played an NFC title game was amazing. Injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina for the Panthers. Uh, the hope is that Christian McCaffrey will practice this week, might return for these final two games to be determined on that. And uh, Brian Burns, I think, got MRI on his knee listed as questionable. Troy Pride, the rookie, a hip injury is uh, doubtful for this week. Your personalized orthopedic care begins with the click of a mouse. Schedule your next appointment online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, your care, your way. Final moments of Panther Talk coming up next, and it's Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule presented by Morris Jenkins. Panther Talk presented by Morris Jenkins continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panthers at Washington coming up this Sunday on the Panthers Radio Network. Ron Rivera looks like he's got his uh, Julius Peppers. Chase Young, first yes. pick out of Ohio State. It's going to be him or Jeremy Chin for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and I got my money on Jeremy Chin. I just I think that Jeremy Chin, I Chin, know. By the way. Jeremy, Jeremy Chin is just ubiquitous. That dude's all over the field mm, and makes flat-out plays. And I know, and I know, I know Alex is doing a good job. Chase, yes, he is, but you can just see the difference with Jeremy Chin. And Jeremy Chin is not a first-round draft pick, and he should be. He was almost a third-round pick. He was the last my pick goodness. of the second round. Jeremy Chin, you are a beast, and I'm just letting you know you should be winning the uh, Rookie of the Year. Got 30 seconds. What are you seeing out of this edition of Ron Rivera's football team versus the way things were here in Carolina? I see a scrappy, the same kind of scrappy team, and I've seen that methodical coach who's really uh, thoughtful. You can interchange the quarterbacks, and the quarterbacks is going to do a good job because it's built upon the offensive set what they do and not the, not the individual. All right, Eugene, it's been fun. No doubt. Appreciate you. And uh, Mick will be back next week. Thanks to David Langton, along with uh, we got uh, Wendell Black. we got podcast Black. Matt Hogan. we got oh, Byron Putman, Panther put. Talk. As always, an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Any rebroadcast without express consent is prohibited and just plain wrong. It's just plain wrong, indeed. This has been Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule, presented by Morris Jenkins. Mr. Jenkins told me that he loves football and he looks forward to this show all week. When your plumbing or air conditioning is acting up, call Morris Jenkins or visit morrisjenkins.com. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network.